Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the third of four installments of the FT Money Neptune Emerging Markets Roundtable Discussion. I'm Matthew Vincent from the Financial Times and I'm delighted to be joined by three expert commentators to discuss emerging and developed markets from an investor's point of view. They are Jim O'Neill, Chief Economist of Goldman Sachs. Hello. Tim Bond, Head of Global Asset Allocation Strategy at Barclays Capital, joining us down the line. Hello. And James Dowie, Chief Economist of Neptune. Hi, Matthew. In our first two instalments, we looked at individual countries, and we also looked at correlations between growth in economic terms and growth in terms of uh, equities. Jim, if I can ask you now about practical matters. For a private investor seeking to harness the growth that is... You should never ask economists about practical <laughs> Well, I realise I'm taking a bit of a risk here, but so let's get your initial thoughts on it. Some people think you need to invest, you need to hold assets within the emerging yeah. market itself. Others say, no, you don't. You need to be in a global company that could be listed in London, could be listed in the US, yeah. that has exposure. Do you have a view on which way to go? The answer is the price. We actually, past year have developed two different indices. We call them uh, BRIC Nifty 50s. Uh, we, ha- we have an index of 50 stocks from the BRIC world and an index of 50 stocks from the developed world that are showing the biggest revenue growth uh, to the BRIC world. Uh, and we track them all the time to see what the relative price is. So it depends where you are in time. At this particular moment, many of the components of the developed Nifty 50 seem cheap relative to the to the BRIC world, which shows you that you know investing in BRICS right now, not for the first time, it, it's popular again. So there, there are periods like that. It's complicated further at the moment, and it's something we touched on in one of the earlier discussions. There's, there's significant differences of valuation within the BRIC markets. Russia uh, is, is, in my opinion, despite the rally we've had, still very cheap, uh, whereas India uh, actually looks relatively pricey. And so you'd want to you'd want to base it around that as well. So, but the, the simple answer is the price. And James, you mentioned in our first discussion that uh, that you feel that, uh, that Russia is particularly undervalued, given the the potential um, that's there. Do you, I mean, do you think that you know, private investors should be looking to go into Russian equity markets or other ways to do it? Well, look. I think the practical issue is that a lot of private investors aren't going to want to buy individual stocks. They're going to want to buy funds. If you're going to, if you're going to want to buy a fund um, that has sufficient expertise in emerging markets to tap into that growth, then buying a UK fund 
might, might not offer you that. But you need a manager that has speciality in the area. Now, we think that, that a diversified um, approach to this is the correct one. There are a lot of multinational companies in, in the West that are going to benefit from, you know, the, from, from the outperformance and economic growth from the emerging markets. But you know, we really think that access to those markets and themselves you know, through fund managers who have that expertise is a very important part of it. And Tim, if I could just bring you in uh, here, um, I'm sure you'll probably agree with the with the valuation points that um, Jim was making. Do you also share James's view on you know, funds being the correct route? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think a private investor can can, can necessarily stock pick in a, in a lot of these markets. Um, I mean, I think the way I would see it is that <clears throat> you're going to the, the, the there's two reasons why you want to skew your portfolio more to to the domestic emerging market sectors and to then to the commodity sectors in, you know, in the Western markets. And I think it's quite important to, to recognize that most of these emerging markets have got much more youthful demographics than the kind of OECD. Even China's got pretty good demographics for the next decade, and then they start to you know, head in the same direction as Europe and the U.S. So most of these markets, from a, the emerging markets, from a demographic point of view, you've got an increasing size of the population who are equity buyers. Uh, you know, both in terms of rising income per capita and, you know, in terms of the shift in age compositions. And historically, those factors, you know, tend to push up valuations in, in the local markets. And, and, and I think the sort of the, the quite expensive valuation you see in India is kind of illustrative of that. But you've got very different demographics in, in Europe and the U.S. and Japan. Um, and they're suggestive of, you know, continued slip in valuation. So in other words, equity markets over the next decade underperforming earnings growth a bit. But the other point I think I'd make is that there's a sort of dark side to the emergence of these giant emerging markets. It's increased global economic volatility quite a lot, and it's done it by really changing the speed limit for global growth. And you, 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 really need, you don't need very much global growth these days to drive commodities up and then start to, starting to impact inflation expectations. And that speed limit shifted a lot. It's, it's, it's dropped in half pretty much compared to where we were in the 80s and uh, 90s. And that makes the policy situation in the West, in Europe and the US, it makes it very difficult um, for, for policymakers because the trade-off between inflation or inflation expectations and unemployment is, is, is a lot harder. And that's because of China and all these big emerging markets. The impact that has on raw material prices means that you get very early cycle uh, inflationary pressures. Now that contributes to economic volatility and we've seen a big pickup in, in macroeconomic volatility for the OECD over the last decade and, and that's probably going to persist. And that again historically, you know, when economic volatility goes up, PE ratios go down, you know, because investors recognize it's a more risky environment. So I think you've got a strong demographic argument here and you've got a strong sort of macroeconomic risk argument to suggest that equity valuations, you know, are going to drift lower, the sort of equilibrium PEs are going to drift lower in the older markets and probably move a bit higher in the emerging markets. So that does argue for actually having an exposure to the domestic equities in these places. And just very, very quickly, Jim, how would you get access to your preferred market right now? Well, I've just spent quite a bit of time, uh, well, I travel all over the place all the time, but I've just most recently been in Germany. I've been talking to some big multinationals, particularly about their BRICS strategy. And if you look at German export growth, in 12 months' time from today, Germany's exports to China, amazingly, could be nearly as big as German exports to France. 
So the influence of these places on, on the developed world, particularly the big exporters, is just quite remarkable to a degree in which many people in the financial markets uh, and world policymaking don't realise. So occasionally I think Germany is itself becoming like some kind of sophisticated brick place. Um, so it, it kind of depends, as I said earlier, on the price. But right now I think... Particularly with the euro week uh, on the back of Greece, it's, uh, bizarrely, uh, together with the BRIC thing, it's almost boosting growth uh, even more than otherwise would have been the case. You could, in my silly mind, you could argue that Greece is actually helping the European economy, not actually weakening it. Certainly. And just finally, um, uh, James, what, what would be your preferred route? Let's take your example of Russia. How would you go in? Well, we have a, a dedicated Russia fund and, and, we, and we benefit from the expertise in that fund uh, across our European funds and US funds. So we access it through, through, through those various routes. I thought you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you all very much indeed. Uh, and uh, you'll be able to hear all the other instalments from our roundtable debate together with uh, transcripts of our discussions and more analysis on emerging markets from Neptune on our website at ft.com forward slash money. And you can find details of how you can take part in our special FT Money Neptune Emerging Markets competition for the chance to win £5,000. Details in FT Money with the Weekend FT and on that website, ft.com forward slash money. But until our next instalment, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Jim, Tim and James. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.